Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a great day to be in the house of the Lord? Stand to your feet this morning. I'm so excited. It's Miracle Sunday. The Holy Spirit is here. God is here. Are you all ready? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12 that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And how many of you know this morning that the best testimony that we can have is that we were once dead in sin. Come on, somebody. But because of Jesus, we have been made alive. We have gone from death to life. And this is our testimony today. So put your hands together and let us worship and testify of our salvation today. God bless you, Cathedral. Let's go! Come on, Cathedral of Faith, put your hands together with us. Somebody shout, Hallelujah! Let's worship Him today. I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw darkness run for cover. The miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection power But still the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story And I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony Together, sons and daughters, yeah, all with blood and washed in water. So sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, Lord, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony.
declaration.
Cathedral of Faith, are you grateful to be in the house of the Lord today? You know, I would like to just hear our voices just sing that one out one more time. Just sing. Oh, there's nothing. Let me hear you say. Better than time we sing it together oh there's nothing yes somebody say amen Cathedral of Faith, you know, long before you got here, before anybody unlocked the door, anybody turned on a light switch, turned the power to the sound on, before anybody contemplated what today's message was about, before we ever got a song list, before we ever got an order of service, there was preparation that was made for this moment. And I don't know about you, but I rejoice that it wasn't made by human hands. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for making a way. There has been preparation made for you today. And that while we honor our leaders and our pastors here, even more than that, we honor who they represent and on whose behalf they are speaking. God himself has made preparation for you today. And I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and be so covered in shame that I can't wait to go back to bed that night. Has anybody else felt that kind of pain? Anybody else felt that kind of shame? I know what it's like to miss the mark. I know what it's like to make a few wrong turns, a few bad decisions. It makes me so much more grateful for the cup that I hold and the truth that it represents the power that it holds for each and every one of us. If you're here today and you feel like, man, I've made some mistakes, I've messed some things up, I never thought my life would be here now. Hear this today. God has made preparation for this. You know, when you take the root word prepare for preparation, it's God is prepared for this moment. God is prepared for this moment. I'm so glad that when I made my mistakes or when I missed it or when I dropped it, that God wasn't searching chat GPT to find an answer of how to respond to this mess that I've made with my life. I'm so glad that he didn't say, have to say, hey Siri, what am I supposed to do now that he or she did this? He's prepared for this moment. He's prepared. And he has prepared for us a table to come to. So if you could take the elements for communion as we approach the holiest of moments, the moment of his body and his blood, of his perfect, completed, sufficient work 
Father, we give thanks for this bread today. We give thanks for what it represents. We give thanks, Lord, for the body of Christ that has been broken so that we may be made whole, so that we may be healed, so that we may have life. Thank you, Father, for this great sacrifice. We take it with the utmost honor, the utmost respect, the utmost gratitude, the utmost thanksgiving. You so deserve this moment of respect and this moment of commemoration. Father, Lord, I pray that as we take of your body today, that we would receive the healing, that we would receive the wholeness and the peace that you have come to provide. Let us take of the body of Christ. And as we lift the cup together, it's the cup of sacrifice, but it's also the cup of victory. This is our victory. The victory is not in what we actually did right or what the things we actually accomplished or the things we're capable of. The victory is his victory. And this is what we celebrate. We just sang it. He turns our graves into gardens. He turns our ashes into beauty. This blood, this cup has turned our shame into his glory. This cup, this cup, this cup, this sacrifice, this victory has turned our death into life. It's turned our loss into wins. It's turned our failures into his success. Let us be grateful today for this cup of sacrifice and this cup of victory, Cathedral of Faith, let us take of the blood of Christ. And now, Cathedral of Faith, with everything you have within you, let's just give a few seconds of gratitude toward the one whom deserves it. This great sacrifice, this great preparation that he's made. Could we put our hands together? Could you open up your mouth and lift your voice and give thanks to him right now? Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout thank you, Jesus. Come on, before you're seated, one more time, as loud as you can, shout hallelujah. Welcome Cathedral family and a great welcome to our first time visitors. We are so glad that you are here and would love to get to know you better as we'll share with you a little bit of our church community. So don't be shy, go ahead and take out that phone, scan the QR code on the screen, text the number or see one of our team members. We will love to stay connected with you. 10 time Grammy award winning Supergroup Take Six is coming back to Cathedral. That's right, they will be here Tuesday, May 16th at 7 p.m. in the sanctuary for a concert benefiting Reaching Out. To purchase tickets, please visit the kiosk in the lobby right after service, or you can purchase tickets directly on our website. Get ready for a great night. 
International Day is coming May 21st. It's always a great time to celebrate our diverse cultures here at Cathedral. If you would like to get involved or just looking for ways to serve, you can visit our kiosk in the lobby or email Veronica at thevalderama at cathedraloffaith.org. Let's celebrate together. We are so excited for Mother's Day this year because we have a special guest coming. Sheila Walsh, author, Bible teacher, television host, and speaker to over 6 million people worldwide will be with us to bring you a special message on Mother's Day, May 14th. Don't forget to bring that special woman in your life. Our single adult conference, Becoming the One, is coming May 26th and 27th. If you are looking to becoming the one that God has designed and called you to be in every area of your life, then this conference is for you. To sign up, please visit our kiosk in the lobby after service. That's it for this week, but for more information, please check out our website, follow us on all social media, and download our app for the latest and greatest of what's happening at Cathedral. We are a church where anything is possible, and the love is definitely lived out. Until next time, bye Cathedral family. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. How great to be together as a family today. You know, Jesus very clearly makes it known to us that he is a promise keeper. He's a miracle worker. Amen? He's a miracle worker. Some of you believe that. He's a miracle worker. Here's something is important to know, that Every miracle has a genealogy. Just like people trace their roots back to which country did my ancestors come from, if you trace back behind every single miracle, God worked because somebody prayed. God worked because somebody prayed. In fact, your prayers are prophecies because what you're doing is when you pray to the Lord and declare, Lord, I'm believing for this, you're actually prophesying over what you believe God can do in your life. Amen? That's why prayer is so foundationally important to us here at Cathedral of Faith. Throughout this week, the staff gathered. We've been praying for you and for this service. This morning, the tech team gathered and prayed for you and for this service. The ushers and greeters gathered and prayed. The worship team gathered and prayed. The pastors all came together and we prayed for this moment because we believe God wants to do something amazing. Amen? Amen. And we want to invite you to join us on this journey of prayer. Starting tomorrow for the next 21 days, from 6 to 7 a.m. in the prayer center above reaching out, we're going to have prayer every morning for that hour. And anybody who wants to come out and join us, we'd love to have you come out and be part of that moment to believe for what God wants to do in you, in our cathedral family, in our city, in our community, in our nation, and here on earth as it is in heaven. In fact, coming up this Thursday is National Day of Prayer. And from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., we're going to have pastors in the prayer center that you can come out and join us in praying for God to do an amazing work. So that's Thursday from 6 to 6. Come out and join us as we believe that God's going to do amazing things. In fact, to kick it off, tomorrow night in the foyer from 7 to 9, we're going to have a worship time sponsored by our young adults. Come out and worship with us. Let's usher in this season of prayer because we believe God can do mighty things. Amen? Because who knows, maybe you are only one prayer away 
from that promise being fulfilled, from that answer coming, one prayer away from that miracle that you need. And we want to join together and believe for that. That's why we prayerfully put together everything we do here. We just don't randomly say, hey, let's have events. Let's just do more stuff. No, the whole purpose is that God would come and work. And I want to share with you about an opportunity coming out. I'm going to invite Pastor Vaughn to come out and join me here on the platform. We have a great opportunity for you, for your family, for your friends. Pastor Vaughn, tell us all about this opportunity. San Jose Cathedral of Faith, we get take six to be in the building right here. And if you don't know who they are, they are my favorite group of all time. They are actually, personally, the reason I ever got into Christian music ever is because of this group. They have touched the world, literally. They travel the globe. They've touched jazz circles. They've won 10 Grammys. They're the most, de they're the most decorated vocal group in history. They've influenced, like, I've heard testimonies of boys to men. When they got to meet Take Six, it was like, they said it was like meeting gods. Like, this is who, this is music royalty that gets to be in the building. And we get to have a night with them. And they've, to have them, I mean, Pastor Ken knows, sometimes it's hard to get people to be excited to do something for your church. It's even harder for get to people that don't go to your church to be excited to do something for your church. So we have someone that doesn't even technically go to this church that wants to invest into our church and into our community with via reaching out. And so this is a great opportunity. Like this is going to be one, it's going to be a lot of fun. You're gonna hear some of the most amazing music ever here in the building. So we get, you get to that, but you also get a night out. You can have a fun time with a family member, a date night, whatever, bring the family. This is also a great way uh, to, to, if you have a neighbor or something, that you've always been like, I wanna invite them to church, but I don't know, it might be too big of a step. This would be a great step to get them inside of the church, to see something that's bigger than themselves, bigger than any of us individually that we get to be a part of. So I encourage you, please try to make this happen. Like this is going to be a, a super fun night. But I also believe it's gonna impact the community. And, and, and Christian uh, Dentley, who's uh, helped spearhead this movement for us, he wants to do this every year, bringing different artists right here to Cathedral of Faith for you to enjoy, but also to the the community to benefit from. Amen. Thanks so much, Pastor Vaughn. It's actually Pastor Vaughn's friendship with the Christian that's made this possible. One of the things you might do after service is head out there. You might say, oh, I want my neighbors to go. Let me go ahead and just buy them tickets and I can tell them, hey, I bought tickets for you. So whether you're coming out for marriage enhancement or family outing or a fun time or to be worshiping together to hear the words that are sung or just to bless our community because the proceeds go to reaching out, we encourage you to join us so that we can have that opportunity to be a blessing to our community. Well. A passage of scripture in Psalm chapter four that I think has a very powerful statement to us is this. Many, Lord, are asking, who will bring us prosperity? Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy. In this moment of bringing our tithes and offerings, it's a moment where we acknowledge God's prosperity on us, that he's turned his face to shine upon us, and that our hearts are full of joy. And so we encourage you to give in this moment, whether you go online, whether you go to our app, pull out your phone, whether you're at home, it's great to have you with us watching. Write out a check and mail it to us or drop it by. We'd love to see you in the office during the week. Our ushers have envelopes in the aisle so that you can participate in declaring, Lord, thank you for how you've blessed me. 
Thank you for the joy you've given to me. Thank you that you've turned your face toward me. So this is a great moment for us to acknowledge that in our lives and to say, God, thank you for answering prayers already. There are prayers yet to come. I'm anticipating your fulfillment. Well, how many of you are ready for a miracle? How many of you are ready for a breakthrough? How many are ready for a healing? How many are ready for a move of God? Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So anything we need comes from hearing the word of God. And I just hope you're ready because Pastor Ken is coming with a word that will be powerfully increasing our faith to believe for what God can do. Let's open up our hearts as we hear the word of God. Cathedral of Faith, what an exciting day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God is good. And all the time. I mentioned last week that I would be a grandfather any moment, and she arrived. Can we bring up a picture? Seven pounds, 20 ounces. And she already has me right here. It's so good to see you. It really is. Whether you're on site or watching online, thanks so much for being here. Uh, I heard about this widow, and she had met a new friend, and she told this new friend that she had been married four times, and that every time her husband had died. Is she a widow or the black widow? And her friend said, wow, that's really something. She said, yeah, first I was married to a CEO, and then I was married to an entertainer, and then I was married to a pastor, and then I was married to an undertaker. And her friend said, that's amazing. I mean, there's such broad professions. Did you plan that? She said, I sure did. One for the money, two for the show. Three to get ready and four to go. Here you go. <laughs> ah, we're in a series called The Power of Story. And there's power in story. There was no better storyteller than Jesus. And he would use the power of story to communicate powerful truth. And today he tells a story about a widow. And if you don't think Jesus has a sense of humor, then you've never read this story carefully. Oh, my. Because the characters, they are real characters. We have a first century widow who's kind of a big bad mama. And then we have uh, an enemy who 
picks on defenseless women and then we have a hero who, well, he's brought kicking and screaming to the rescue. It's quite a story. And we're told the point of the story before the story is even told. And in Luke chapter 18, Jesus starts off this way. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show they, they should always pray and never give up. Can we say this together? Always pray and never give up. One more time. Always pray and never give up. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like giving up? I know I have. When's the last time you felt like giving up? Our friend, Pastor Joel Osteen, he says this. He says, if you never feel like giving up, then your dreams are too small. Have you ever felt like giving up on a dream that you once held dear? Or you felt like giving up finding a job in a highly competitive employment market? Or have you ever felt like giving up on a marriage that has a lot of water under the bridge? Have you ever felt like giving up on breaking an addiction? You just haven't seemed to be able to get on top of that monster. Have you ever felt like giving up on a son or a daughter who you raised them in the faith, but wow, they're not following Jesus. Have you ever felt like giving up life has been so overwhelming? I saw an interview a couple of weeks ago with a former mobster by the name of Michael Franchese. Now, Michael is a follower of Jesus. And he's actually been to the church a couple of times. Right here at Cathedral of Faith, we've had him. But in this interview, he said something that just jumped out of me. He was talking about how that first night in solitary confinement, he had uh, done a plea deal with the government. They'd given him a sentence of five years, and he was taken to solitary confinement. On his way to solitary confinement, a couple of the feds, they were really trying to work him for information, and they said, we know your sentence is five years, but you'll never get out of here. You'll never get out of here. You'll never see your wife on the outside. You'll never see your kids on the outside again. And he remembers how that hit him, like just, well, hit him in the face, and as he's laying in bed at night with no hope in his heart. Such a bleak future before him. He said he used to view people who tried to take their life as weak, but he doesn't think that way anymore. Because as he laid alone at night, he wished that he would not wake up in the morning. He felt overwhelmed. He felt like giving up. Of course, later on, a guard gave him a Bible. Can somebody say amen to that? 
And Michael jumped into that Bible and he, well, he moved from being a fan of Jesus to being a follower of Jesus. And we know his story. Now he is on the outside and he is with his wife and his kids and his grandkids. And he's sharing around the world how Jesus can make a night and day difference in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. But if you feel like giving up, well, this is the big idea for the morning. Some of us learn by, through seeing, others learn through hearing, others learn through doing. And so for all the doers in the audience, I invite everybody, this is the message. If you just look straight at me, everyone, look straight at me, and now everybody look up toward the ceiling, and then look back at me, that's the sermon. Don't give up, look up. Can we say that together? Don't give up, look up. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the passage? This is a story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 18. We read the verse a moment ago. There was a judge in a certain city, Jesus said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm gonna see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Don't give up. Look up. Father, Thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for these amazing people who are part of the cathedral family, guests, friends, those on site, those online. I pray that you would take your word by your spirit. You would apply it to each of our lives so we can leave here that this week can be genuinely different. God, that's our heart. That's our desire. Start with me. Invade. This space today, we pray in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said Amen. Can we give God praise one more time? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, before you're seated, tell somebody, don't give up, look up. Go ahead, encourage them today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I saw this one sign that was in front of a church. It said this. It said, don't give up. Moses was once a basket case. Don't give up. Even if we're helpless, thanks be to God, we're not hopeless. See, a widow in the first century, she was a symbol of being helpless. I mean, there were no life insurance policies. There were no social safety nets. And so if you were a widow, you were in a very vulnerable position. You were on the margins of society. 
And that's why widows were often oppressed and take advantage of. And that's why the Bible speaks so much about taking care of orphans and widows. For example, in James, we read this. We read, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress. And so in the story of Jesus, we have a widow who's in distress, and to make matters worse, she has an adversary who is taking advantage of her situation. There's a widow down in Florida by the name of Katie. Now, Katie, her husband had passed away, and when he did, she said that, well, she said to herself, I'm not gonna date for a long time. Well, some time went by, but during the pandemic, she was on Facebook, and, well, a handsome surgeon wanted to friend her on Facebook. So they friended, and then the friendship turned romantic, and the handsome surgeon sent this post to her. He said, since the time I fell in love with you, I can't stop thinking about you. I can only see my future with you. I pray that I will always wake up next to you and hold you in my arms forever. Can everybody say, aww? But it was all a scam. This guy ends up taking the rest of her husband's life insurance money, all of her savings, her pension benefits, and even taps into her social security benefits. He was not a surgeon. He was a scammer. He was a punk. He was a chump. I better start right there. Man, you a chump. You a chump. I better stop right there because I'm in church. But man, that guy was a chump, right? And a guy in the first century, this guy's a chump. Here he is, taking advantage of this helpless widow. But here's what I've noticed about life. You can't control, you can't always control what happens to you. You can't always control who happens to you. <laughs> you can pretend like you do, but you're just fooling yourself. Here's the one thing you can control. You can control how you respond to what happens to you. In this sense, it's a little bit like sailing. I once had the chance to go on a sailboat. There was a guy who was a part of the church. He loved to sail. He wanted to take me sailing. And so I went with him. And it was a rush. If you ever get a chance to go sailing, there's something about the sun and the, you know, the sea and the wind in your face. You just feel like you're fully alive. He even let me steer the boat. Can you say, uh-oh? <laughs> True story. I'm steering the boat, and I almost run us into one of those big metal buoys just outside of Alcatraz. For some reason, he never invited me out on the boat again. Also true. Stay in your lane, bro. So here we are on a sailboat, and something that was fascinating to me, it just fascinated me, that you can't, obviously, you can't control the way the wind blows. But the same wind 
can take you one way and the same wind can take you the opposite way. It all depends on how you set the sail. And the same thing is true in life. You cannot control the way the wind blows or how hard it blows, but you can control the direction it takes you. It all depends on how you set the sail. And that's what happens to this widow. This widow was being victimized, but she refused to let herself be a victim. Instead, she rises up with a tenacious spirit. In fact, I found an ancient photo of this first century widow. It's right here. There she is. Now, she doesn't have a lot of options, but she does have one option, and that one option she has, well, she goes to town. And Jesus tells us this about the widow. A widow of that city came to the judge repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. She came to the judge again and again. She kept begging him, make things right for me. Someone is treating me badly. There was a widow, another translation reads, there was a widow who kept coming to this judge. She said, there's a man who's not being fair to me. Give me my rights. She doesn't have a lot of options, but she has one option. She leans into that option. She has access to a judge. And this judge has the power and authority to make things right in her situation. And Jesus wants us to know that we have access to a judge. That when life isn't fair, we can take our case to the judge, and he has the power and the authority to make things right. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, the book of Hebrews puts it this way. It says, let us come boldly, boldly, say that with me, boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We have access to God? Are you kidding me? When this really takes hold of your spirit, don't ever get used to that. We have access to the God of the universe, and that means we don't approach a retired judge who has no jurisdiction. We don't approach a lower court judge who has limited jurisdiction. We approach the judge of the universe. And nothing is too hard for him. He's the highest court in the land. And he has the power and the authority to make things right in our situation. That's who we have access to. And if you take hold of that and that takes hold of you, it'll change the way you pray. It will. You won't pray because you have to. You'll pray because you get to. In fact, I love how Francis Chan puts it. He says, we would be stupid not to pray. Hello! And it's true. We have access to the judge of the universe. Let's jump back into the story. And this judge... Well, this judge himself 
is a piece of work. In the Bible, it talks about the way a judge should conduct himself. In Chronicles, we read this. Consider carefully what you do, because you're not judging for mere mortals, but for the Lord, who is with you whenever you give a verdict. Now let the fear of the Lord be on you. Judge carefully, for with the Lord our God, there is no injustice or partiality or bribery. This is the way a judge was supposed to operate. But the judge in our story, he doesn't give a rip about any of that. He doesn't fear God. He doesn't care about people. In a culture, an oriental culture that was very big on shame, this guy is shameless. And so this lady comes to him. He doesn't know her. She can't bribe him. She can't threaten him. And so all she can do is plead with him. And so here's what he does. He gives her the big Judge Judy L. <laughs> Tells her to go away. I'm off to a tea time with my buddies. And that is the end of that. Or is it? Hmm. See, this widow's a little bit like my grandson. I have a grandson named Chase. And when Chase wants to get his mom's attention, you know what he says? He says, mom. But he doesn't stop there. Mom, 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 mom. Until finally, my daughter's attention is captured. And this widow is a little bit like my grandson. She won't take no for an answer. She won't. And so she just starts showing up. She's relentless in the way that she tracks him down. She shows up at his office. She confronts him on the street. She pesters him at the market. She calls out to him in his home. She sits next to him at the baseball game. Now I'm getting carried away. Stop me, somebody. But you get the idea. She is driving this guy bananas. And so finally he says, man, I don't care about God. I don't care about people. But just to get her off my back, I'll give justice in her case. And then Jesus says, learn this lesson from this unjust judge. Well, what is the lesson that we're to learn? Well, let me illustrate it this way. It's not a perfect illustration, but it involves coffee. Do we have coffee drinkers in the house? Let me see your hands. Yeah, I found my people. So <laughs> here we are with a cup of coffee. Now, if you're going to if you're going to drive home a lesson, sometimes you can drive that lesson home by contrast. So say you want to amplify what a good, fresh cup of coffee tastes like. Well, you could start by serving a one-day-old, nasty cup of coffee and give the person a sip of that. Can everybody say, yuck, yuck? And then you give them a taste of a piping, hot, fresh cup of coffee. And 
That right there is proof of the existence of God. The goodness of coffee in our lives proves that there is a God who does exist. What does Jesus do? He gives us a taste of the bat judge. And then he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And he says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. If even he rendered a just decision in the end, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will, he will, he will grant justice to them quickly. Hallelujah. In other words, when we take our case to God, he's not reluctant at all. We do not have to badger him into submission. We don't have to twist his arm until he finally gives in. Instead, we take our case to him and we continue to take our case to him because we have a confidence that this is a God who has chosen us, who welcomes us, who loves us, who cares about us and will, at the end of the day, make things right at the right time, in the right way, God will make things right. God will, amen. Whether it's now or whether it's in eternity, God indeed will make things right. We need to remember this as we pray because whenever I'm praying about a situation, you know how much I'm seeing of that situation? I'm seeing this much. God sees the whole picture, but we have a very limited perspective, a very limited understanding. But God invites us to bring that to him to pray and continue to pray with a confidence like Abraham said, at the end of the day, God will do the right thing at the right time. Will not the judge of the earth do right? And that is the way Jesus invites us to pray. In this classic book, Knowledge of the Holy, A.W. Tozer, a spiritual leader, says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. If that's true, let me ask you a question. How do you think about God when it comes to prayer? How do you? Because the way you think about God will impact if you pray and how you pray. It will. Do you view God Is that reluctant judge? Or do you view a God as a judge who welcomes your case? You're his chosen people. He loves you. He cares about you. I can remember, it seems like just yesterday when our, our son was just a little guy. And my wife and I, we went down to Monterey and we were on the coastline and I don't know, he was five or six at the time walking around uh, down by the tide pools and he hit a slippery place and fell. And when he fell, he came down on a sharp rock and it split his knee right in two. Big gash, blood everywhere. And when he cried, Seems like just yesterday. (laughs) 
When he cried and I heard his cry, it was the most important thing in the world to me at that moment. I would have moved heaven and earth to get to him. And I got to him as fast as I could and I put my arms around him And Jesus wants us to know that the judge who welcomes our case is also our Father in heaven who hears our cry. And that's why he invites us to lean in and pray. That when you run into a situation in life and it just seems unfair, Don't look down in defeat. Don't close your eyes in despair. Don't look away in fear. fear. Don't give up, but look up. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking until that door is open to you. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen. How about if we put that into practice? I invite you to stand with me wherever you're at on campus, those watching online, everybody lock in for just a moment. The worship team is coming out. Pastor Vaughn's going to lead us and we're going to pray. And if you'd like to be prayed over specifically, I invite you even now to go ahead and move into the aisles. You can come up front. We wanna pray with you and pray for you, but I invite everybody in here to participate in this. Whether you step out or not, look up to God. As I was preparing this week, I, I asked myself a question. What have I just stopped praying about? God, what have I once prayed about it? I've just given up. And boy, God brought one or two things to mind, and it was, Ken, don't give up. Look up. Look up. And that's what I invite you to do. What have you stopped praying about? Maybe God brought you here this this morning to encourage you to build up your spirit that we're in this together for the long haul. Don't give up, but look up. And as we take a few moments and Pastor Vaughn leads us, I invite you, don't look down in despair. Don't close your eyes in defeat. Don't look away in fear. Don't give up, but let's look up today. Pastor Vaughn, would you lead us? Keep it. 
the divine nudge somebody in here you were feeling like giving up you've been battling this addiction and you just feel like giving up you've tried so hard and for so long but God brought you to this moment to remind you don't you ever give up God hasn't given up on you don't you dare give up on yourself don't give up look up hallelujah hallelujah Father, thank you again. What an amazing privilege we have to come before the judge of the universe. We're your chosen people. We love you. You love us. You care about us. And we know that we know that we know that at the end of the day, you will make things right. Hallelujah. You're a good God. Amen. Boy, thank you, Lord. Well, we're going to continue. Can we just continue with that? If you'd like to continue praying, please feel free to join us down front. And uh, 
Again, thank you so much for being here today. You know, I, I hope that, uh, that you'll be able to join us in this series as we dive deep into the stories of Jesus. I love you, Cathedral family. And every day this week, I hope you'll affirm that word to yourself. What was the big idea of the sermon? Don't give up, look up. Let that get in your spirit this weekend. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, especially this week, may you know that God is with you and God is for you. A good God who you can trust. Don't give up. Look up. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. Have an awesome day.